morning, good afternoon, good evening. Hello, ball watchers. How are you? It has been a wild couple days for us. Um, welcome back to ball watching. Unfortunately, Jake has an extremely busy week this week with work. So you're stuck with me for the first time, which I'm nervous about. So we'll take this uh, joy ride together. I'll do a little quick agenda setting. This whole game, or the, sorry, this whole podcast, uh, this episode, we're going to get into um, a recap of the Union Omaha game. What a game that was. And then also um, a preview to the Portland Timbers game on Saturday, which is going to be a fun one as well. We'll talk highlights, lowlights in uh, the Omaha game, our prediction review, see how we did there, which I think pretty good. Then we'll pivot to the Portland preview with preview, matchup stats, storylines, trends, predictions, bets, all that good stuff that we've already done with them and on every other one so far. So let's hop right into it. Unfortunately, we're not going to do five aside either. Uh, I think this episode will be long enough. And also, I don't really know how to debate with myself. Uh very well, at least. Um, I will give you guys, uh, while Jake is out, he did give me a couple of his notes, so I will add those in here as well. So one-word summaries. Um, Jake put us as hungry when you're talking about the Union Omaha game. And I think that's a great word, obviously. I think taking that win, especially with it not being our starters throughout the game, and we'll touch on all the details of it, at home, we blew out, absolutely blew them out. We blew out the record for the highest attendance in the third round. Everything was great. The boys looked hungry. Everybody coming off the bench, and it helped refresh the starters. And now we might have some new starters, and we'll touch on that coming into the uh, Portland game as well. Um, and kind of a transition into my word. I said it's refreshed. I think it was one and also refreshing. It was refreshing to see new faces, new guys on the field do so well. I think the starters are also going to be refreshed going into the game on Saturday. So overall, just a great game for us against Union Omaha. And talking about that, let's hop straight into the highlights. Um, like I said, sellout crowd um, and a new U.S. Open Cup record for third round attendance uh, with a record of 22,473. That is only 27 people from our capacity of our entire stadium. So we had the stadium sold out. There's only 27 people that did not go through the turnstiles and enter the game, which is just phenomenal by us in St. Louis. And you kind of see that. I think Taylor Twelman even quote tweeted it um, when he put it out that this is not surprising. We've been doing it all season, but it's good to get recognized um, on a couple different stages. So getting into the actual game, I think first with all these guys and all the new starters that we had, Yarrow looked great. Um, I think he didn't really have a lot of time that we've seen, obviously, as he's been playing with City 2, but um, or been on the bench and played with City 2 last year. But he looked composed, and I think overall it was just good to see him back in the back line. I will say the one thing that us is we were trying to get that press together as a group. And I think at some points we were just off by about a step or two, but for the most part, with a lot of these guys not playing a full game together all at one time, I think they looked pretty good. Um, and then also getting into more of the highlights, our goal in the third minute, just Azil Jackson, just dropping in and making them pay with the left foot, taking them one-on-one. -on -one. They kept dropping. So why don't we just take the space? He could have dished it off and decided to just finish it himself, what I was, which I was extremely happy to see. And obviously won't be the first time in this or the last time in this game. Um, 15th minute, Isak Jensen and Ostrock, they had a couple of nice connections. This one specifically, a um, couple of one-twos tight box uh, at, at the top of the box and pinging it off each other. And I think they did well to kind of, show what they can have going on in the season. And we'll probably see that later down the season, especially with um, yellow card stuff, which we'll mention in a bit uh, injuries and just getting a couple more minutes of these guys um, as we progress throughout a very long season. Um, the 18th minute, I think we did really good to pass out of the back, get it up to AZ, uh, Miggy and Pedro, multiple little triangle passes there, which is huge. Um, growing up playing soccer, you'll know, and you'll try to make those triangles throughout the field. 
and just seeing those guys do one touch passes like they're just playing keep away in their own practice was great to see even in our own third um and the 25th we had a couple of these where Celio just take guys one-on-one beats them gets crosses in he whipped one across and then at Jake's been and he was the man of the match and I would agree I think he showed so much promise and so much attacking style that we haven't seen that versatility out of one of the wingers specifically in individual play yet. And I think he was also able to dish it to guys to involve everybody in it. So it was great to see him in the 25th there. We also had multiple dangerous crosses in the next couple of minutes um, with Pedro and Watts. They weren't fully cleared by, um, by union home on. You can kind of feel a goal coming is what it felt like at that point, but it took us a while to get there. Um, then we had a couple more shots on goal with Isaac Jensen and Celio Pompeo. Um, in the 35th, we had a couple of these as well, where Indiana Vasilev took the space I was given to him as, um, Union Omaha dropped. I don't know what their, what they thought their playing style was going to be there with trying to drop with us, um, with such a high press. And then also as you're taking our midfielders coming at you, someone has to step to try to stop the ball, but they didn't do that. And Indy was, or they didn't do that. And Indy was able to keep doing that. And then he played it out to Celio and he cut in and this guy just slid pretty much into the boards. I don't know. He made it look like he broke his ankles. He'll be up there um, with Leuven and, and also uh, who was it? I think it was Stroud that we dubbed uh, could be the pretty much the owner of Steinberg skate rink um, in forest park. So that was another highlight there. Um, Otherwise the boys were just looking good. And I think there wasn't a whole lot after that um, for the rest of the first half, we had a couple dead balls. I know Indy had a good chip into Bartlett with a header on goal. There wasn't a whole lot of pace to the ball that was chipped in. So it was good for Bartlett to get it on goal and not a difficult save by the keeper, but it was good to see um, that connection there as well. And as we get into the second half, we had another, um, or our, our next goal um, for Indy to Celio, basically from the training ground. It was great to see you saw Celio run over it. Indy was going to, it looked like he was going to whip in a ball with his left foot, had a crisp pass right to Celio's feet. Celio tried to cross it in and the defender was sliding and ended up being an own goal, which, if you put the ball in dangerous places, that's going to happen. I know some people may say that, oh, it's a lucky goal, but guess what? 14 minutes later, City puts one in again. Uh, we were just talking about this, how Miggy was literally going to go in, in the, the next morning or that morning. He came from the classroom at Pattonville, and he was going to have to go back to high school in his classes. And then a kid, uh, he passed it to Akil Watts um, into space. He dishes to Celio inside um, and threw a back heel to Akil, a great finish inside, bar down for Akil Watts and just sliding him right in the back. I think it showed good composure from Akil. Um, obviously we talked about, didn't have the best game in our last game on the road to Colorado, but it was good to see him get on the score sheet um, and a great finish around the keeper as well. And then four more, four minutes later, another pressing giveaway goal. So us play, playing a little bit higher, pushing their defense. They give it up to Isak Jensen who slides it across the Celio. Um, and then he slides it into AZ with another solid finish to give him a brace and then later on, we were really hoping that AZ was going to get that hat trick, but unfortunately he came out. It was good to see um, Jonathan Bell come on as well in the 70th minute and also get some minutes after coming off of injury. We'll talk about the other um, the other substitutions and the lowlights, in my opinion. So we'll touch on that in a bit. Um, but also in the 75th minute, Miggy played an outside of the foot to Azil. Um uh, and he just missed, just misses um, the actual uh, finish to get to the hat trick. But so in the 76th, that's when Azil Jackson came out. Um, Stroud comes on, um, and Azil gets his gets his uh, his standing O. And I will say the one thing that I mentioned earlier is it was good to see Stroud get some minutes because unfortunately he will not be playing at all on Saturday in the Portland Timbers game. So 
Um, if you have kind of kept up with a couple of our episodes, we mentioned it earlier on, but yellow card count has become uh, a problem for Stroud. So he now has five within our first couple of games. And unfortunately, the MLS rules are if you get five, you will sit out your next regular season game and be fined $250. So the money aspect, not as big of a deal there for these guys, but sitting out in next game is hurtful, obviously for the team. And then also for the individual, it just doesn't look good. And unfortunately it starts to snowball after that. You miss a game for every three yellow cards he gets from then on out and the fines start to increase as well. So if he gets to his eighth yellow card, he'll miss another game, gets to his 11th, he'll miss another one. So something to keep an eye on throughout the season. I think that's going to be something that Carnell's also going to have to think about as we get later into games. Is it worth keeping Jared on the field? Um, if we're up two goals or down two goals, it might be something we just need to keep an eye on. Um, another one, the Leuven goal in the 86, it just looked too easy. This guy just doesn't even belong in the field with you. No more. He basically rolled it over, crossed this guy up, finished it, did a little celebration, just pointed to the sky. It was just too easy for him. So nothing really to cover there. As we're looking at the stats, we absolutely blew them out of the water. I think possession, this is one of the few games that we actually had higher possession, barely 52% to their 48 we had 23 total shots um, with six of them on, or sorry, 13 of them on target, um, six of them off target and four blocked versus their 10 shots. Um, they only had three shots on target with one goal, which we'll talk about in a little bit as well. So it looked well from the guys, I think overall, especially with seeing this, a lot of these guys, the only time they've really played together on a field is in the training ground. So I think one of those games where, Yes, we are expected to win, but also it's good to see guys get minutes and then also still dominate those games. Because then we're going to need these guys later in the season, as I discussed. I think the season can go pretty much till the end of November um, if we make it all the way to the Cup. So it's going to be a long season for these guys. And it's good to see uh, some of the guys that are typically on the bench get some more minutes. And last highlight, talking about XG, we finished with 2.65 versus Omaha's 0.99. Obviously, we're finishing. I think it's consistent now with all of our games. We're finishing at a higher rate than what our XG is actually showing. Um, Omaha got their 0.99 goal. I would say that their their actual goal itself was not even that high of an XG. I don't know if I have that here in the stats, but it was basically just a, a kind of a mishap in the back, um, unfortunately. And I'll just touch on that real quick. Is the one down downfall on that was it was the goals in the 79th minute. Yarrow had the ball just to the right of the goal on the baseline. And I think instead of trying to just take it wide and get out, at least get it out for a throw, I, in my opinion, was a little bit lazy. He just tried to turn around and hit it off the guy out for a, a goal kick. That guy took it, crossed it in. There was a little bit of confusion, I think, with Bell um, and Lunt, and they got kind of tangled up. Um, Bartlett couldn't hit the – sorry, couldn't get the header out, so that's what caused Bell and Lunt to kind of get tangled up. Down goes Bell. And the players kind of has his back to the goal and just quickly turns around and shoots it with basically with his eyes closed and finishes it. It's a tough save for Loon with how close it was inside the six. But otherwise, I think it was a pretty good game by the boys. Um, a couple other lowlights. I would say the beginning of the game, we had a, we had kind of some trouble trying to clear the ball, um, which is something that we definitely need to clean up. We can't give these teams second chances. Um, and they almost finished on a couple of those. I know there was one where – uh, we since we didn't clear it, Loot had to make a great save um, that they had, I think, on one of their set pieces. We tried to head it out, and it just didn't go far enough, and they got the ball top of the box, and it was a great shot by them and a great save by Loot. Um, I would say otherwise, not a whole lot of lowlights from us. Um, I would say that the press, as we kind of touched on, is 
it needs to be more of a team thing. I think a lot of those guys, you could see that one of them would go and they would almost start going into a circle because they're trying to catch up to three guys around them, creating those triangles that we discussed. And you need that to be for everyone. If you're a step late, the whole press breaks down. But like I said, I think that'll just come down um, to once these guys are playing more on the field and getting more comfortable playing together. Um, and that's just the chemistry that'll happen with some of these guys that don't see a lot of minutes on the field. Um, the other one in the 64th minute, Iggy goes down with a knee or Indiana Vasilev goes down with a knee to knee. Miggy's go, Miggy goes down after getting stepped on. I'm like, Oh boy, the last thing we need is any of these guys that are typically a starter or play a good amount of minutes to get hurt in this game after we're already up. So I thought I was like, all right, so maybe we'll make some changes. We'll bring someone on, see who else we can throw in here. And then we brought Leuven on and I still don't really fully understand that in the 70th minute. Um, I believe at that point we were already up what four Oh, um, at that point. So I think it was just odd to me that, that he, that Carnell thought that we should put him there considering I think he's third most in minutes on the team. Um, and everybody else that was even close to that high of minutes on the team did not see an appearance. So it was weird to me to see that the last thing we need would be for him to get an injury or to even have tired legs for Saturday. So that was something that I just didn't agree with there. Um, otherwise looking at player ratings and Jake put it well here is who raised their stock. We're looking at this, looking at the back um, from back to front. I thought Loon actually had a, a decent game. We're showing us that here, 6.6 out of 10. I would give him probably more like a, a, a flat B. Um, the goal he couldn't have done anything on. I don't think he had to do too much with distribution. I think he made the saves he needed to make. Um, obviously, it's hard to tell um, how much he was doing from a leadership standpoint that we typically see with Berkey. But I thought the back line looked all right after the first 20 minutes. Um, after that, I didn't really think we gave up many chances. So I thought Loon did all right there. Also, already mentioned the back line, I think. Bartlett and Yarrow, I think, had a pretty good game overall. Just some mistakes individually. We talked about the one with Yarrow trying to clear it off the guy, just blindly turning around and kicking it. Bartlett tried to do a little fancy heel clicker in the corner on the offensive end, which is a little bit more allowed, I would say. Um, and then overall, if you look at Samir Pedro um, and Akil Watts, Samir Pedro, I think, did well enough. And he was able to – he also had a little bit more of the individualistic play. And then over the uh, the triangles over there with Jensen and Perez and Indy, um, so it was good to see him get on the ball. And then Akil Watts, obviously getting forward, had a much better game than what we saw in Colorado and getting that goal. So I would say of the back line, I think Akil probably had the best game. I don't really recall anything specifically defensively that he did wrong. Um, and obviously getting a goal just helps with that. So as we're moving into the midfield, Isak Jensen on the left, Indy Vasilev and Miggy Perez in the middle, and Aziel Jackson on the right. Aziel Jackson absolute a plus i think he was flying all over the field it's also easier to see him with his throw i love that guy's hair and the pictures that they were taking of that but both of his finishes were great i think he was just an absolute energizer bunny out there and doing the press and i think he just tried to get the guys amped up around him um miggy and indy i don't think it was kind of one of those things we talked about with colorado i don't i didn't see anything specific out of them that really shocked me or maybe like wow that was a great game by them but I will say I think that India had some had some good services um, on the dead balls with the left foot. Mickey's always one of those guys that it's more of a quiet game from him in my in my opinion. He's not going to take guys on and be all flashy. He just does what he needs to do. So I think it was solid out of both of them. And I really do appreciate Isak Jensen, a 19 year old on the left, getting some more minutes. And it was good to see him play well. I thought he took guys on. You can still see that he's still a little nervous out there, and I think he kind of tripped up over the ball a couple times, but. He's one of those guys that was getting up and down and whipping balls in, getting back on defense. So it was good to see that from him. Um, and as we move up to the forwards, Tomas Ostrak and Celio Pompeo. Um, Ostrak, I thought, had a great game as well. I thought 
overall, he was also being able to get on the end of some of these crosses, whipping these crosses in, making runs, getting back defensively. But Celio, I would say Celio, in my opinion, is my man of the match. I thought he played absolutely incredible. He took so many guys one-on-one. He should have got that goal. I know it's going to count as an own goal, but it was just exciting to watch him. And I think he's a great guy that we could see fit into this team more often, um, especially when we're needing goals or some energy. And I think we've seen it a couple times, but I hope that really resonates with Carnell and seeing the full um, the full game here from him. So overall, great game by the fellas. Um, not too many lowlights, a bunch of highlights. The place was rocking. Our predictions getting into that. Jake predicted a 2-1 dub. I predicted a 3-1 dub. Both pretty close. We'll take it. We'll take any dub at this point um, as we continue to climb. So, And it's good to get that first U.S. Open Cup win under our belts. I know that's one where we talked about in the preview. It's like, yes, you're playing a USL team, but also these tournaments still matter. And, it, and these guys, they're still professionals. They don't want to lose to anyone, much less a third-tier team. Um, so thinking about that, I thought these guys played extremely well. It was able. It was a good showing from them and being able to show Carnell that they can they can start to get real minutes as well for some of these guys that either have not seen the field or don't see it as frequently. So overall, I think the guys did a great job. And I'm going to take a quick break and drink a water. And as I do that, before we get into the uh, preview with the Timbers, I'll do a quick plug because Jake always does it. Like, subscribe, send us reviews. DM us. We love it. We love interacting with all the fans. I think it's been awesome. Um, had a great time. We were at Sports and Social doing our live show. It's just helping us grow and something that we've been loving doing. I never thought it would take off like this, so it's been great. But please keep giving us feedback. We're happy to take any criticism, start, stop, continues, whatever you guys want to provide. We'll take it. Um, other plug real quick, the pitch. I'll be there again on Saturday. It's one of my favorite places in St. Louis now. I was rocking again on Tuesday get their food, get that frozen Irish coffee. Blaze has been killing it. The staff is absolutely killing it. It's the best atmosphere you can have. It's a nice chill vibe, and then it gets absolutely rowdy during the game. So get there. Go there for lunch. Go there for breakfast. I think that's some of the best time, too. I know people are having a hard time getting in at game time, home or away. So I would say get there during the week. Get there during a weeknight. Go out there on a Friday night. It's a great time. So as we now get back into it, let's talk about the preview of the Portland Timbers game. So we already did one of these early in the season um, when we played them on the road and got a 2-1 dub. But I'll give you guys a, a quick refresh. Uh, historically, a great franchise, um, especially within the last eight years. They won the MLS Cup in 2015, runners-up in 2018-2021, um, MLS back tournament champions 2020. So it's they're a pretty historical team. I would say um, they... This year, they have not been doing as well, but quickly looking at last year, 11 wins, 10 losses, 13 draws, one, one point off the final final playoff spot, um, dead even on goals for and against last year. But now we're starting to get into where we have enough games this year to talk about it more specifically. So looking at 2023, they have two wins, five losses, and two draws. They're 10th in the Western Conference, one point off of Real Salt Lake and a playoff spot. They have 11 goals for, 15 goals against. Um, when you're looking at home games, they have... They are 2-1-1 one, one versus away of 0-4-1. Their wins at home were Sporting Kansas City. Sorry, I said Sporting. I should not say that. The S-words um, in Seattle. They lost to us at home, and then they drew um, the LA Galaxy. And then away. They have not gotten an away win yet. And so they've lost uh, four with LAFC, Atlanta, Vancouver, and Cincy. None of which are really bad losses. I would say Vancouver's kind of getting into an average team, but 
overall not too bad. And then uh, FC Dallas getting a draw. So they're not getting anything really on the road, which is good to see, especially knowing they're coming into a rocking house on Saturday, which I think our weather is going to be absolutely phenomenal. So show out if you can. Overall, looking at their uh, their playing style just quickly on a couple points where I get into key players is defensively. They're pretty shaky on corners and set pieces, giving up goals and great chances on both of those. So look to us to finish on that and those balls whipped in from Indy and Leuven and our big guys to get on it. Yes, we're going to be out with Klaus. He's out for 10 to 14 days. But that does not mean we can't have a little trickery like we did with straight from the training ground that we saw between Indy and Celio Pompeo uh, on Tuesday. So keep an eye out for those. Um, one thing they can do is they can counter quick and punish. So they've been also effective on their set pieces. That's a little bit more similar to our style of play is a quick counter, less passes, get right to goal. But obviously that has been working well for them this year, especially on the road. So overly not concerned in that point, but they do have some serious quality also when they're not trying to do a quick counter, they do have some pretty good buildup and some speedy guys with some technical prowess. So something to keep an eye on. It seems like they're a well-rounded team on paper, just haven't really been showing out. So hopefully that continues um, for us on Saturday. Now we get into the key players to watch, which is probably the most part that I was nervous about this entire thing because I'm so bad uh, with announcing names and just words in general. So hang with me here. Feel free to uh, shoot us, shoot me some uh, some crap if if this does not go well. Uh, Darian Espria, he's a forward on either wing. He's a 30 year old Colombian. He's been with uh, Portland since 2015. Two goals, one assist, um, and he's only played in four goals with or only played in four games with three starts. Um, after starting the season with an injury. So coming on pretty strong within three starts, and he already has two goals and an assist. So keep an eye out for him on either of the wings. We'll see if he'll start on the right or left. He'll be going up against Nerwinski um, and Johnny Nelson, though. So absolutely shut down right there. Um, we talked, dang, we talked about this one. Juan Mascara, he's a right back or a right mid, 20-year-old Colombian transfer from Medellin uh, with two goals and two assists so far, eight games played leads their team in big chance creation. So he's one of those guys, as we think about it, when you're thinking about right wing, right mid, um, looking at Ostrak, looking at uh, Johnny Nelson. So this guy is able to get up and get back offensively and defensively to create those big chances, but also still start um, in the back. He's very poised as well. Um, he's an electric right back, highest rated performer on their team so far per uh, foot mob. So keep an eye out for him as well. And lastly, Evander. I remember that one. That was an easy one to pronounce. Thank you, Jake. Uh, he's an attacking mid, 24-year-old club record fee, 10 million from FCO. Me too, Lon. Ah, Jake put some pronunciations in here. Uh, the EuroLeague assist leader for the 2022-2023 uh, group stage. He has one goal on six games played. Team leader in shots. Much of their buildup and their attack runs through him. So Evander is definitely going to be uh, a name you're going to want to see or want to pay attention to in their attacking midfield. But I will say, with those guys to watch, they have actually had a pretty bad stint of injuries recently. So looking at this, they have Eric Williamson, who's out for the season with a torn ACL, Sebastian Blanco, Yimmy Chara, David Bingham, Felipe Mora. They're all out, at least for our game. It's, we have in here just till early May, uh, but for our game, especially for Saturday, you will not see any of them. So looking at that and having that, what is it, one, two, three, four, five, five guys out, not good. I know we've had some injuries here and there. We'll have Stroud out on yellows. We'll have Blum likely out still as well. We'll have Klaus out. But we have already showed on Tuesday that we are a very deep team, and I'm not really concerned with that. So looking at their style of play, head coach Giovanni Severisi, 
uses a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-4-2 or a 4-3-3. He likes to have numbers back, but also a quick break. We talked about their quick counter. So something that is obviously going to be happening with their playing style as well. They also have attacking their funnels through the left with Espria in the center of Ander and the right with Mascara. So they can kind of go dispersed on all sides. But like I said, not overly concerned there. I think Nerwinski has had a, done a great job on the wing so far. So has Johnny Nelson. And then obviously when you move it in with our two center backs um, with Hebert and wow, with Tim Parker, sorry, I was blanking for a second. I, these guys, these, we talk about their attack, but overall they just haven't been showing up. So with our defense, we'll get in predictions in a bit, but not a really concern there. And then he brought this up um, per Sam Jones, of the MLS, the Timbers game types. This is what we talked about on our last episode with them. TGT. TGT won for Timbers game types. It's a 1-0 or a 1-1 game where the final FG finishes like 1.1 and 0.8. I don't see that happening in my opinion. We're too high powered in the offense. The place is going to be rocking. We'll talk about the specific bets, but I think there's going to be some goals in this game. TGT 2. Molly Wapped randomly by a team from Texas. Just take Texas out and put St. Louis in there. TGT 3. Roman candles lit attacking springing ceiling fan in a crowd, but dark crowded, but dark room. So basically just absolutely going wild. It's like these guys are pressing going hundred miles per hour, the entirety of the game. I could see that happening more, especially as they're starting to get a little bit stressed out and not getting any results on the road besides a tie within five games. So, and it's with our pressing style. It could freak them out a little bit. So, Place is going to be rocking. I think these guys, their heart might be fluttering. So I'm likely more to see maybe like a 2.5 between the Molly Wopped and the Roman Candles. So keep an eye out for that. And let's get into trends and storylines. So specifically, before we talk about us, let's talk a little bit more about Portland. We've already talked about that they're hard to keep down for a while. They're a very historic franchise. But I will say, every year is a new year. A lot can happen in the offseason. But they're one of those teams that usually does find a way to get results. And so... Hopefully they do not try to continue that um, with us. They only have one win since our match day two um, when they played us. And that was against Seattle, which is obviously a pretty good team. Um, they're struggling with consistency. They lose to Vancouver. Then they blasted Seattle in the second half to win. And then they tied the Galaxy. So it seems like they're riding a roller coaster over there um, up in Portland. They're also, as we discussed, they're really struggling away from home this year. Uh, lower XG, higher goals, XGA, goals against, and zero wins, which is great news for us as we're playing at home. And they don't really have a lot of depth, unlike us. I mean, we saw, what, pretty much eight new guys that we don't typically see on the field on Tuesday. They're lacking that already before you even take into account of the injuries. So one thing that I think that you can look out for us is as we continue to make that high-pressing style, we'll continue to have them turn over. They'll get some tired legs. Like I said, their hearts are going to be racing. They're already kind of freaking out that they haven't won a game in their five road games. So keep an eye out for that. If we can get some uh, get some tired legs and maybe a quick counter or one of those lucky goals that we get from our press. Um, getting in specifically to their offense, their XG is 0.9 per 90, per 90, which is last in the MLS. They are outperforming um, their XG with a 1.22 goals per 90 minutes, but I mean, that's barely, so not a whole lot to note there. They're averaging one goal for um, in 90 minutes on their away games. So one thing that I will definitely be betting on is probably the shutout because our man Roman Berkey was absolutely standing on his head last weekend. Um, over 60% of their goals come from the 71st and on. We're usually one of those teams that has actually been better in the second half. So not too concerning for me. So it'd be good to keep an eye on that though. Um, 
and they don't make, they don't waste much time on their buildup. We talked about that. They're going to have a quick, um, a quick turnaround and they're literally the bottom in the MLS when it comes to uh, progressive carries and passes. So look for them to try to spring forward quickly. Uh, their defense, their XGA of 1.69 is third worst in the MLS underperforming their XGA slightly conceding 1.67. So pretty much even there um, averaging 2.4 goals against uh, in 90 minutes away. That's 38 minutes per goal, no clean sheets. That's big news for us as we are continuing to score at a high rate. Um, they're higher scoring in the second half, 2.4 goals per game away that they've been giving up on their defense. Um, they're most likely to concede in the 51st to 60th and 71st to 80th, which is something that we typically have been doing. Um, more than 50% of their goals against have come during those two time periods. Um, and they're also tied for most shots against um, and second most in saves. So you could tell these guys are just getting absolutely picked apart. Um, and I'm looking forward to it on Saturday. And let's talk about a little bit why I'm looking forward to it. Let's talk about our guys. Everything is better for us at City Park. Wins, goals, goals against, shots, fans, everything. So it's one thing. It's great to come back home after a difficult trip uh, to sneak out of Colorado with a point up there. So we definitely need to show that after we snuck out with that point that we deserve to be where we are in the standings. And I think we need to take that to them quickly. Um, our XG is 1.59 out of 90 minutes, getting a seventh in MLS with an average of 2.33 goals for, which is most in the MLS. We have the most goals per game. Let's keep that rolling. I see us doing that again on Saturday. Um, we score a goal of every, an average of 33 minutes at home. So wouldn't be surprised if we get one in the first half and one in the second half, something, or we just pile them on quickly like we did on Tuesday. So look for that. Um, seven goals for in the second half. Um, and so something to kind of keep an eye on for that as well, if you're trying to look for uh, a betting aspect there. But um, lastly, I'll just kind of touch on our defense as well. Um, XGA 1.48 per 90 minutes gets us just outside of the top 10 worst. Um, but we're only allowing 1.1 GA in 90 minutes. So again, the whole XGE versus what we're actually allowing, I think the guys are doing pretty well with allowing just above a goal game in the MLS, especially when you see some of these games going four or five and things like that. So I think our defense has been pretty strong, um, higher XGA 1.52 in away games. Um, we average uh, a one goal against in 120 minutes. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, most tackles in the MLS by 201, by 50 plus. Similar story for blocks and interceptions for our guys. So we've talked about that specifically with our defenders, and I'm excited to see that show. Um, also here, I think I can try to show this, but actually I think we're just going to keep it rolling and go straight into our uh, our lineup. So I will say, Lunt, I thought he had a great game on Tuesday. I think that was good to get him some minutes, but we're definitely putting Roman back in there. I hope that man has been sitting in the ice bath all week. He shot area. Sorry. He stopped every shot on Saturday at Colorado. So it'd be good to see him back there again. Uh, back four. I think we're going to keep him the same that we've typically had um, in our traditional MLS matches. Johnny on the left, Hebert in the middle with Parker and Nowinski on the right. Now we move up into the midfield. And I think this is where it'll, well, we might see a couple different changes. Um, overall, we definitely will not see Jared Stroud as he has the five yells and we'd be sitting out this game. Instant plug right there, Aziel Jackson. After Tuesday, yes, and I think that's why Carnell probably took him off before the hat trick is, hey, you're playing so well. You're going to get some minutes on Saturday. So we need to save your legs. Great two goals. Great game. Let's do it again for the big guys. Uh, then you got Indy and Leuven in the middle with Rasmus Alm on the right. I think we've, we've been extremely solid with Indy and Leuven together. It was good to see them again on Tuesday. Um, and I think defensively, forwardly, whatever you want to call it. 
Leuven's all over the field. He'll probably be our man of the match again, as he consistently is. And as you move to the right with Rasmus Alm, I thought he played a great game um, up in Colorado. And it's good to see him start to get a little bit more confidence and be able to whip a couple more balls in. And maybe we can get on the score sheet this Saturday. Um, and then moving up to the top as well. Obviously, we're going to be without Klaus. So we think that we'll have Nico for sure. And then I we would typically like to see them staggered. But without Klaus and not having a bigger guy up top, I, we think we're going to have a little uh, Nico and, Sus- and uh, Celio Pompeo up there doing a little side-by-side, which I think could be very creative and very dynamic. I think those guys can show a lot of chemistry, a little one-two, a lot of speed, getting around these guys, be able to take guys on one-on-one. So it's going to be exciting to watch those guys up, those guys up there. Um, kind of overall, before we get into predictions, this game, like we talked about, Portland can play three types of games. It can definitely go in many different directions. But I think that it's really going to be into not a lot of possession, a lot of quick counters, both on our end when we're pressing them and when they're trying to get forward. So could be some quick goals. We definitely need to be lethal up top without Klaus. I know Klaus, has they he has five goals, and obviously three of those were some of the takeaways. But when we get our chances, we need to finish them, and we need to do that. And I really hope that we can see one out of Nico in this game. So Portland may sit back a little bit in the defensive third and look to just counter for us. And I'm not too concerned with that because then we can play with these guys. We've seen how dynamic that Azeel Jackson and Celia Pompeo can be. And then you throw them in there with Rasmus Alm and what he just did in the last game with Nico Joachini up top. I think we can pass through these guys even if they sit. Um, and into predictions, Jake's got a 3-1 dub. I'm going with a 2-0 dub. I think we keep these guys off the score sheet. I think Roman Berkey looks incredible again. These guys are not that hot. They're not playing well on the road. They're not scoring many goals. They're giving up goals. I think that we just take this home and we just absolutely route them at home on a great Saturday night in St. Louis. And getting into the betting aspect of it, the Grahammer money line, Portland's plus 300. We are minus 125. The draw is plus 270. So heavy favorites there. The over under, the over two and a half is minus 140. The under is minus two and a half at plus 110. And let's talk specifically about the bets. Jake has for us and the main one that he wanted to make sure that you guys were aware of that I loved as well before even hopping into the dock and probably would have been my Grahammer, but I won't double down with them is a parlay of our money line and us to score over one and a half goals, specifically us city. So city to win and to score two or more goals at plus plus one ten. the over one and a half for us hits in 89% of our games and 67% of theirs. But I think that's what you really want to take. I'll need to clarify with him to make sure that he was talking about the over for us and not just them. Yeah, it's got to be just for us. I just looked it up. So I think that's a great bet. That's what I was going to put as well. So it's me just keeping a little bit more simple. I'm just going city money line, minus 125. These guys are looking great. This is a team that has not been faring well on the road. I think it's going to be absolutely electric. And we're going to be feeding off of that, especially after being able to be refreshed from these guys and having be able to save their legs on Tuesday. And then also now just being excited to get back into it. Um, One last thing that I will say on a couple of the bets here, if you want to do a little sprinkle here or there, obviously I like to do a little goal scorer prop. We don't have Klaus. The books still don't understand. They have Klaus as the number one goal scorer coming up in this game. Makes no sense. If I could somehow, please, if anybody can let me know how I can bet Klaus not to score, I'll give you my mortgage, my non-existent mortgage to put on that. Um, but city over one and a half goals, just straight is minus minus one thirty. If you just want to do those individually, if you think, uh, the money line could get a little bit dicey, if we somehow give up a goal, you can just bet us to score over one and a half, which I think is an absolute lock. And then Nico, anytime plus two twenty five. 
Nice little sprinkle there. They don't even have Celio up there yet. I would love to see what that is because some of these guys all the way down at the bottom of the list for goal scoring is plus a thousand. So I would say if they don't even have him on this list, if he's able to come up on Saturday, I will be sprinkling on that. Um, I lied. They have it up here now. Celio Pompeo plus 300. So not plus a thousand, but I still think he's worth the sprinkle. I think he had a lot of chances throughout the game on Tuesday. Um, and it'd be good for, uh, for him to not get a nice goal if it's not Nico. So overall, I apologize that you guys had to bear with me on this one. Jake will be back with us next time. He's had an extremely busy week. Keep him in your thoughts. Everything is going well. Um, some good news to share later with everybody. So um, as we're kind of wrapping up here, I want to thank you all for listening. And uh, overall, let's go city. Let's get out there if you can. This game is going to be electric. I keep saying the word electric. I'll find a new synonym for you guys next, next time. My mind is racing. I can't believe I just did this. I don't know how Jake does this or how he's done it before by himself, but thank you guys for sticking with me and let's go city all for city. Thank you.